I want to preach tonight, and I've put a title to this. I don't always do that, but God gave this to me. It's not a problem. It's a plan. It's not a problem. It's a plan. So now think about your problems right now. Just give it a couple of moments, and I want you to think about the problems that are in your life right now or in your family. Some are really big, and some are really small. But the fact of the matter, they're problems, right? Can I exhort you tonight to let you know that even though it may look like a problem, in the eyes of God, it's going to turn out for God's will. Because God, amen, God has a plan for your life. Amen? Aren't you glad? How many of you know that God is sovereign tonight? Hallelujah. Amen? God is in control. He is all-powerful, almighty. He is the I am. He is the one true God. There is no other gods like him. He is God. Amen? The Bible says that God's ways and our ways are so far apart. How many of you know that to be true? God's thoughts and our natural thoughts are different. But the Bible says that we've been given the mind of Christ. Aren't you glad for that? But our physical thoughts and the mind of God are so far apart. There's a, there's a huge spectrum between. We're nowhere close. But I thank God that in Christ Jesus we have been given the mind of God. Amen? The Bible says, if you're born again here tonight, that the blood of Jesus has purchased us. Our life is no longer our own. We once walked in a life of darkness and troubles, and we were dying in our sin. Y'all remember those days? And, and, and God sent the Holy Ghost to come through a human to bring a word to you. And that word was the gospel of truth, the saving power of what Jesus Christ did when he died on the cross. And the Holy Ghost give you ears to hear that and faith to believe. And for those that have said, yes, I believe, God has taken you out of that slavery to that dark life of gloom and despair and worry and sin. And he has opened our eyes. He's quickened our spirit. He's given us a new heart, a new spirit, a new mind a new inner man, and now we get to walk by the grace of God in righteousness and holiness as we're walking with Jesus throughout this world. We still live in this body, but there's an inner man in us that's greater than the outer man. Hear me tonight. We have power over that outer man in Christ Jesus. We have power over the flesh in Christ Jesus. We have power over murmuring and complaining and the petty sin that we find ourselves wrapped around at times and entangled with at times. The Bible says that sin in Christ Jesus will never have dominion over you. You hear me? In Christ Jesus, that nature of sin that was destroying our life no longer has authority over you. It will not control you. You will not be a slave to it anymore. Amen? That's what the Bible says. You may wrestle it. We all do. But we are no longer slaves to that life. Amen? 
The day that I was born again, Pastor Ship quoted this passage of Scripture, and I love it. It's in Matthew eleven twenty nine and 30, and it says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. You shall find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. Take my yoke upon you. Now, the first time I heard that, I had no clue what that meant. Didn't know what a yoke was. Didn't know really what a, what, a, what, a, what a burden really was. I mean, when he says, my burdens, why would Jesus be a burden to me? That's what I was thinking. Are you with me? My burdens are light. My yoke is easy. Well, what's an easy yoke? So when I first heard this as a new believer, I had no clue what it meant. But as I begin to grow in the Lord, and I begin to look at this passage, and I begin to read it in its context, that yoke is how they yoke two things. A yoke literally brings two things together. And where one goes, the other one goes. And my burdens is simply that my life, life in me is not burdensome. It's light. It's not trouble-free, but you're going to make it. All right? So take my yoke upon you. And don't learn about me. I'm not asking you to come to church and study the Greek and Hebrew to know a lot about me. I want you to know me. How many of you know that to be true? Amen? This is life eternal that they come to know the one true God. So we must know the true God. And the only way that we can is through Christ Jesus. He's the way, right? And so we have this intimate fellowship that God wants us to have with him. You can turn in your Bibles. I'm just going to go through this. You can write it down and study it later. 1 John chapter 1. This is not really the context of what I'm talking about, but I'm just drawing a foundation here. 1 John chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. This is the Apostle John speaking. And he said, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, our hands have handled of the word of life, talking about Jesus for the life that's Jesus was manifested and we have seen that life we bear witness to that life and show unto you that eternal life and this is what that eternal life is it's got a comma there and it says which was with the father and was made manifest unto us that which we have seen we have heard we are now going to declare unto you that you also may have Fellowship with us. And this fellowship that we have is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write unto you that your joy would be full. We're talking about fellowship for just a second with Jesus Christ. Fellowship with God literally means this. You are a lost man. Now you're born again. You've been given a new heart and a new spirit called the Holy Spirit Who indwells our life. And we now have become one with the Father and with the Son. By the Holy Ghost living within this life. Now we've become one. We're no longer off in the world with the devil controlling our life. We've now been brought into an intimate relationship. Something spiritual happened. I've been born again. And the Spirit of God now lives within me. Now I can have communion with God. Okay? And I can hear from God. I can know what God's doing. I can know the will of God. And I'm not no longer consumed with all of these things out here. Even though my natural mind and my eyes are looking around in the world. And Jesus said, don't live by sight, 
but I want you to live by faith. Don't live by what you see, but live by what I said. Can y'all hear me tonight? Live by what God said. That's faith. Faith comes by hearing God. So if we're not to walk by sight, but we're to walk by faith, and I need to hear God speak so that I'm not walking by what I see or feel and start murmuring and complaining, but I'm hearing God within my inner man, the things in which he teaches us. How many of you know, amen, we are learning how to walk this new life out with God. The Holy Spirit has been given to you and I to teach us. I thank God for man, and we help teach one another. But I'm going to tell you right now, you can teach till you're blue in the face. Without a revelation of the Holy Spirit, you and I will know nothing of God. You will not know the deep things of God. You will not know the will of God. You'll not understand God because he is spiritually discerned and the natural mind's not going to get it. But God has given the Holy Spirit to us so that he can teach us all things and bring to remembrance all things that he taught us. Amen? This is the work of the Spirit, and I am thankful for that tonight because I am not an intellectual man, but the Holy Ghost is all intellectual. Amen? And he gives us his mind, and he gives us the ability to remember the things in which he teaches us. So can I exhort you to... Stay in the word of God. Meditate on the word day and night. Don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Because I need to hear God so that faith is in me. And I'm walking by that faith and not by what I'm seeing every day. Oh, another problem. Are you with me? I want to overcome this aggravation of, oh... Even if you're in traffic and the guy or person in front of you, you just want to knock them off on the curb. There's a reason for that, guys. It's not a problem. There's a plan in it. Are you all with me? You ever been doing some things and it's like you were running late and then when you got to where you were, you were glad you were running late? Come on, anybody? And you were murmuring and complaining because some turtle was in front of you. And now you're rejoicing in God that the turtle was in front of you. God's like, I put the turtle there. So next time you're cursing the guy or woman in front of you that won't get out of the way, I call them sinus infections. It very well is probably God and his plans of orchestrating your day. If the steps of a righteous man are ordered of God, And things happen in our life, and we're like, ha. Well, if I'm walking with God, then so it is. Hey, I'm preaching to me. I've not perfected this, and I'm not teaching it to look down on anybody. I can just sit in here by myself and talk to me. I preached in the mirror for the last month. I am my greatest congregation right here. We, We just preach the word, right? We're all learning from him. I'm the worst in this room, I promise you. God orders our step. Here's what the Bible says. All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. How many of you love God tonight? How many of you know that you're called according to his purpose? God has purposed. He has predestined every human to be in Christ Jesus. It's not his will that any perish. He destinated and predestinated for all humans to be right with God through Christ Jesus. 
but not all come. And because he's Alpha and Omega, he already knew who wasn't going to come. All right? So we're predestined in Christ Jesus. And according to his purpose, we're the called of God. We're the called of God. And the Bible says that everything works out for good for the called of God. Aren't you glad for that tonight? The Bible says this, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways. All your ways. Sometimes it's just some of my ways I acknowledge him. Can we hear him tonight? Acknowledge him in all of your ways. And if you do that, there's a reward coming. And what is it? going to direct your path acknowledge him in all your ways who oh, i could say that a million times to me acknowledge him in all my ways tammy's watching right now and she's like amen i'm guilty of not always doing that but i'm being sanctified amen i'm thankful for the spirit of god he's teaching us so I want to talk to you for a moment tonight that it's not a problem, it's a plan. God takes bad things and works them out for, his, for, for good. Nothing catches God off guard if you're his. It's like, oh no, I can't believe that happened to you. No. And if the devil tries to slide something in and you know it's him doing it, and we're blaming all this on the devil, okay, but God is your father, so if, if it comes across your path, then God allowed it, right? Is that not what happened to Job? Right? God orchestrated that. God allowed all of that. But it had a great ending to it. There was a purpose and a plan to something very tragic in this man's life. Amen? Something very, very tragic. Oh, no. Our brother is sick. Would you come and heal him? Yes. Oh no. Jesus hadn't showed up. And our brother just passed away. That's a big problem. But you know what? Y'all know the story. There was a plan, right? It wasn't a problem at all. It was a huge, mighty plan of God. Because by Jesus letting the man die. In a funeral procession break out. Hundreds of Jews are standing in the crowd. Multitudes of other people from other areas that were around are in the crowd. Mary and Martha know that Jesus can heal their brother, but he doesn't show up. He's building faith in his people. And then he works a miracle and calls this man from the dead in front of hundreds of people. And hundreds of those people got saved that day. They believed. So God had a plan. Mary and Martha could have said, oh, where was Jesus? Actually, they went and met him on the road, and they were like, hey, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. But you see, it wasn't a problem at all. It was a plan that was orchestrated by God. I'm not going to go through this too long, but you know when you read about the Israelites, and you read all through the Old Testament where Moses was leading Problem after problem after problem, and some of those problems because they were stiff-necked people going around in a circle for 40 years, 
And God's trying to get their attention. So God had a plan from the beginning. And because they weren't being obedient to the things in which he was trying to teach them, he allowed problems to come across their path. Giants in the land, locusts, plagues, pestilence, all sorts of things went on. Uh, Pharaoh's army catching up to them at the Red Sea. What looked like a problem was really a plan of God. Are you with me tonight? God had a plan in the midst of it all. And, and in that plan, he was trying to teach them who he is and the authority that he had over the enemy and the authority that he had to bring hope and, and, and salvation to his people. Amen? That's the way God works. So it wasn't a problem at all. It was a plan of God. Look at Joseph's life, right? Here this man gets hung out to drive by his own family members. You know, they tried to, 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 to kill him. Then they sold him off to slavery. Then he gets put in jail. And then all the way at the end of Joseph's life, because all of that happened, put him in a position of authority. And he was able to help all of the Israelites for the famine and even help his own family to save their life from the very ones that hung him out to dry. Is that not a picture of Jesus? Amen. So in the midst of Joseph going through those troubles, people would have looked at his life and said, oh, no, another problem. You know, first this happened to him. Then this happened to him. Then this happened to him. Then now, seriously, he just got put in jail for that, really? And now he's in jail for, I think, 13, 15 years. But God had a plan all the way. Aren't you glad for that? So remember, these folks walked with God. You're walking with God. Your steps are ordered of God. God's got a plan. It's not a problem. It's God working a plan out for your life. Now, I'm talking to people here this morning, tonight that are walking with God. You're not walking in rebellion. Because even in your rebellion, God can even take that and use it to work out to get you in his plan, okay? Because God's a sovereign God and he knows what he's doing. He knows how to chasten us, right? I'm glad for that tonight, aren't you? I'm, I'm loving this and, and I'm thankful for it. Guys, if I could just be raw with you, we are learning how to live this life by the Holy Spirit leading us. Are y'all with me? Because a lot of times we look at church and we do church and we praise, we worship, we go to Bible studies, we go to Sunday school, and we, we're trying to you know, accumulate this knowledge about God, like Ethan was saying. We, we take these scriptures in and, and we're trying to figure God out. Do you know that God's just simply teaching us in everyday life? Have y'all, most of y'all sorted that out yet? I mean, thank God we have the word of God in here, but we're only in here for a certain amount of time in a week. The rest of the week, we're out there like ravenous wolves, you know, like sheep going to the slaughter. I mean, every turn, something's out there just trying to trip us, stumble us, cause the devils at work out there. But we belong to Jesus. Amen. So God is teaching us how to walk in the spirit, how to be spirit led. How to, how to learn. How many of you know God says that, you, that we need patience? How does patience come? Do you just work yourself up? I'm just going to be patient today in Jesus' name. <laughs> so y'all figured out that trials work with patience, right? 
Troubled times where we're not getting an answer that we're looking for produces, you've got no other choice, right? We, we've got no other choice, but hey, you've got to be patient. And thank God we have people in our life that say, hey, Jeff, just be patient, brother. God will send the Holy Ghost through one of your brothers or sisters. Just be patient. Y'all with me tonight? Aren't you glad for that? I'm learning this. My house flooded in 2016. Some of you in this room had the same problem. I sat in my driveway and thought, man, this is a huge problem. I just paid my house off. It flooded. I've got zero insurance to fix it. Now what? Just quit my job. Went into full-time ministry. Now what? What am I going to do? Sat in my driveway and I cried like a baby. And the Holy Ghost came, sat down beside me on the concrete. He put his arm around me. He began to love on me. He said, Jeff, I bought you with a price. Your life's not your own. Trust me. Don't live by sight right now. But I want you to live by faith. And I'm like, Lord, I don't know how to do that. What does it look like? I hear you say it to me, walk by faith and not by sight. How do I perform that? And you know what he said to me? I'm going to show you how to do it. Just be patient. And wait for me to bring rescue to you. And he did it, guys. I won't tell you the whole story because it's long. But God came in, restored our house. I ended up with a camper trailer at the end of this thing, fully paid for. I had $5,000 given to me to buy all new clothing. I had my entire home put back together. Not one penny that I have to come up with because I didn't have any pennies. I had nothing. But God said, if you would just trust me, I'm going to do something special for you. Somebody might say, well, why didn't you do that for me? Why did you get it and I didn't? I don't know. Why did John die on the Isle of Patmos? And Peter went upside down on a cross. I don't know. You walk with God, I'll walk with God. I'll walk with God and we'll all walk with God. And God's got a plan for everybody, right? He's good in whatever he does. Hey, if he didn't, he's got a plan. He had a plan for me, he's got a plan for you, amen? But God taught us through that which looked like a problem, but it was a plan. God taught us how to walk by faith and not by sight. He taught me that, well, he proved himself to be my provider, Tammy and I's provider, He taught us patience, and he proved that he would never leave us or forsake us. So how do we learn the scriptures? How do we learn them? We walk in everyday life, and God begins to reveal himself in his word. Amen? And the greatest thing that came out of that, guys, we have shared this testimony all over the world, and people have been just moved by it. My wife's dad, I had preached three funerals, his dad, his mom, And his best friend, which is his first cousin, he sat in those services and I watched the Holy Ghost speak to him in all three of them. Nothing changed. In 2016, our house flooded. And he watched God perform a miracle for Tammy and I and putting all of that back together for us. He watched God take care of two people that had been claiming that they loved God, talking about God in their house all the time. And I got ridiculed and mocked for it. And in that miracle, it was like the final dose of water on all those seeds that were planted. 
And my wife's dad is born again today. You hear me? He's walking with God now. Because in this snapshot of this one little particular problem, I'm sure there was a vast amount of things that we could talk about. How many of you know that God doesn't do just one thing? If he does something in your life, it's affecting the entire world in some kind of way, I promise you. Because that's just how God is. He doesn't work in little small things. He works big. Amen? He works really big. So I can tell you what, what looked like to be a problem was just the plan of God. Tammy got ill. Y'all remember that? She had the seizure. If you didn't know it, I'll tell you the story later. My wife had a massive seizure. She spent 14 days in the hospital, five of those days in ICU, um, three of those days in a coma. It was a rough time. People would have looked at our life and said, well, they got another problem. For those of y'all that know us, we've been through a lot of problems. And I've learned that through those problems, God was trying to teach me they're not really problems. It's just a course we go down. Look at Paul's life. You're like, golly, I'm glad I don't live his life. But God had a course for him. He even said, I've finished my course. There was a course laid out, and there's a course laid out for every one of us in this room. But we're learning in that course to hear from God and trust God. My wife spent all that time in the hospital, which seemed to be a trouble sometimes. During COVID, I was the only one that could go in there. Aaron got to pop in a little bit here and there. They were very difficult to deal with in there. At 3 o'clock in the morning, on one of those days we were in the ICU, there was a young guy in there in his mid-upper 20s. And he was a nurse, three on, three off. He worked three 12-hour shifts. This was his third 12-hour shift, 3 o'clock in the morning. The Holy Ghost gave me the opportunity to share the gospel with this young man. And he gave his life to the Lord in the hospital room right there in the ICU. Now, had the problem not happened, and we wouldn't have ended up in the ICU, and I wouldn't have been at that moment, in that time, at 3 o'clock in the morning, and the vessel that God wanted to use to pour out the gospel, the boy would have never heard the gospel that particular day. But that's how God orchestrated it. So what seemed like was a problem ended up being a plan of God for that young man to hear the gospel. Amen? So think about when you're going through a rough time. Why is it happening to me? <coughs> and God's going to reveal those things to you. So what seemed like to be a problem was a plan of God. There were multitudes of things that went on during that week. I go to the hospital all the time and I couldn't get in the hospital. But hey, I spent... <laughs> 12 days in the hospital, and I got to preach everywhere, the coffee shops, the, the flower shops, the, the give blood thing. I, one day we was in there, it had nothing to do, so me and Aaron go give blood. We were preaching in there, talking about Jesus with the lady at the register desk. She's crying like a baby. So God has a plan for everything, guys. I'm just trying to encourage you tonight. I'll tell you this last little story. We went to the Dominican Republic several years back. And on one particular day, it's probably about six, seven years ago, eight years ago, on this particular day, we're traveling from one place to another. It's supposed to be like a three-hour drive. We start our journey right off the bat. Truck breaks down. Need a battery. So, of course, Jeff Lee, it's his birthday. And, ah, well, okay, battery's dead. We get on down the road a little bit more. Battery gives us trouble again. So now I start complaining a little bit. Ah, Man, we need to get to the thing. I got this whole group with us. We got to get to where we're going. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. So, you know, we get another battery put in the truck and we're on our way. We're heading down. We get about halfway in our journey, so-called, and the truck overheats. 
Oh, boy. And it's boiling over. We pull off on the side of the road. Three hours. We sat on the side of the road trying to get that truck water pump fixed. Okay? And I'm murmuring and complaining. But in that midst of that time, we got to share the gospel with about seven people. And one of the seven people gave their life to Jesus. Now, in the midst of this, I'm not really seeing all that because my nerves are all shot from all this stuff going on. I'm leading a group. I'm trying to get from A to B. And I had asked God, Lord, lead our steps, Lord. Be with us. Lead us, guide us, direct us in everything that we do, Lord. Be glorified in everything. And I'm murmuring and complaining in the midst of it. So we get to our destination, seven and a half hours, and it should have took two. We get there, it's dark. And I find out that we're not even in the proper town that we're supposed to be in. The town we're supposed to be in is three hours away. Now what do you do? I've got a whole week planned for the group. There's a pastor there waiting for us, and we're not there. So we called and, the, and, and, and talked to the guy, and he said, well, whatever God shows y'all to do. The guy at the hotel was like, where are you coming from? Well, I said, well, we're missionaries from the United States, and we've come here to share the gospel in this Luperon, and it's two or three hours down the road. He goes, oh, my gosh, we've been praying for three years that God would send some missionaries to come and preach to our town. We've been praying for that. You have been sent by God here. And man, at that moment right there, I crumbled. Oh, the conviction, guys, if y'all can imagine, I griped all day long. I even griped in front of the kids. I mean, the young people. I mean, I'm the, 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 the missionary leader, and I'm like, oh, come on. And, and they're learning from this guy, okay? Are y'all with me? I told you I was no good. But I can tell you what I learned that day. Listen, God said, you asked me to lead your steps, didn't you? Yes, sir. Well, I did. I allowed that truck to break down so those seven people could hear the gospel. And one of them is going to be in my kingdom soon. Then I led you down a road and I brought you to a whole different city. To a town that's never had anybody go there to share the gospel. And guys, for five years in a row, we went to Punta Rusia. And we shared the gospel to hundreds of people. Some of y'all have been there with us. Hey, we've seen salvation after salvation. Healings. We baptized people in the ocean there. And listen, all from one miserable day that seemed like a big, huge problem. There was a plan of God behind the whole thing. What am I saying to us tonight, guys? Listen, whatever your troubles are, God has a plan for your life. I'll say this last thing. Jesus Christ, all God, all human, came into this world and he had a plan. Now the men around him didn't know that he had a plan. But they're watching his life. And in that plan, he was coming to seek and save that which is lost and destroy the works of the enemy. And boy, he did it, didn't he? Aren't you glad he destroyed the enemy in my life? Hallelujah. That enemy's been destroyed. No longer has control over the believer. But you know, all along that walk and everything that Jesus faced down the latter part of his life, people probably looked at his life and went, dang, I can't believe that's happening to that guy. And then on the day he's being judged, and now they're going to let this criminal go, and they're going to take this man that's done nothing, and they're going to kill him? problem 
the problem. Now they're nailing him to the cross after they'd beaten him unrecognizably. Made it up. Unrecognizably. In other words, his visage was marred so bad that you couldn't even recognize who it was. And I can promise you there were people probably saying, well, that's a major problem. And you know what happened to him just a couple of nights back? One of his closest friends hung him out to dry. And because of that, now he's getting killed for it. That's a problem, right? No? All of the plans of God. You ever had anybody hang you out to dry? You got bitter, murmured, and complained about it? Can I tell you tonight? (laughs) Everything works out for good. Plan of God. What if Judas wouldn't have hung him out to dry? Then the soldiers would have never came arrested. But it was all part of the plans of God. So are you saying tonight, preacher, that God, you know, makes these bad things? Did he make Judas do that? No. Did, did 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 he make those people nail him to the cross? No. He's Alpha and Omega. He already knew they would do it. But God is so amazingly wise that everything that he allows in this life, because he's Alpha and Omega, it's like he knows what needs to happen for things to happen. If he's going to get you or your family members to a place of repentance, don't you think he knows how to get that there? And a lot of times it's through problems. Look at you when you came to Jesus. Your life was full of turmoil and full of problems. And God says, ah, even for the lost man, your problems are part of my plan. Oh, come on now. I'm about to cry with you. That's good stuff, huh? Aren't you glad? God's not a problem maker. He's a problem solver. So next time you have a problem, can you remember with me? And can I ask you to remind me that, hey, it's not a problem. Just God's plans for your life. He's getting us from A to B, guys. And he's conforming us into the image of his beloved son, Jesus. Stand with me tonight. I'm going to open these altars tonight. And I pray that we could lay before God for a few moments. And begin to worship him and thank him. And hey, he says, come boldly to my throne of grace in your time of need. And I guarantee you, everybody in this room has a need, has a problem. Maybe you're guilty like me. And, and when you have the problems, you just kind of grumble. God tells us don't, you know, do everything without murmuring and complaining and grumbling. I, I'm guilty of that. And I've asked God to forgive me, and I don't want to be that kind of guy. But I want to look through the eyes of God when I see problems. That you know what? Whatever you're battling tonight, no matter how bad it is, what if your problems brought your children to a place where they got saved. Boy, that problem would be well worth it, wouldn't it? Let's worship God tonight. Let's praise Him, guys. Just begin to talk to God and ask Him to help you in the midst of these things that we're battling. 
There are days laid before us where more troubled times are probably going to arise. But I thank God that we walk with the one who already knows the plans that are laid before us. I am Omega, saith the Lord unto you tonight. I am the end. I started this. I started your race. And I'm going to give you the strength to finish it. Because I'm good. In Jesus' name, Lord, we love you. We thank you.